0: To the podcast Appetite for Distortion, episode 242. My name is Brando. Uh, I believe this is the first official episode you can watch on Zoom of of 2020. So uh, while you got to awkwardly see some faces while the theme song was going on, I hope you enjoyed that part uh And I, although I think Sal, oh, you you're back. I thought you just left. <laughs> you're okay? So today we're yes, joined by, sorry <laughs> no all good. This is the I love it. This is the awkwardness, the craziness of a GNR themed podcast because g&r is the, the same way. Dogs barking. Yeah. It's, so it's it's perfect that we're doing another riot episode. episode yeah, started out like a riot. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> so today we're joined by Sal and Jason, two Guns of Roses fans, and this is the the fourth installment. If you can do four episodes, then we can as Guns yeah. N' Roses fans of the, of the riots. So we've done Montreal. We've done St. Louis. We've done Philadelphia. And I've actually – I could have worn a hockey jersey for all of them. I have a Flyers jersey. I have a Bread Hall cool. St. Louis Blues jersey. And I just have a regular um, Red Canadians jersey. But today, cool. if you're not watching, yeah. again, I currently have the, the black uh, old school, like 1994 Pavel Bori General uh, oh, yeah. McGilney Canucks jersey on mm-hmm. Trevor like, Linden, Trevor <laughs> Linden who would eventually be an Islander. So come. Kind of, us let's, kind of, let's go there. Let's meet Sal and Jason before we go to Vancouver officially. Uh, Sal no, he knew Trevor Linden because he's a New Yorker. He's not an Islander fan like myself. He's a Ranger fan. I'm sorry, my guys beat you, your guys in uh, the season opener.
2: Got uh, a rematch so- tonight. Yeah, that's
0: true. I'm <laughs> able to able, be. I'm going to be able to stay awake for this. Because uh, if you've been following on social media, I've been at Q104.3 uh, producing the morning show the past couple of weeks, so it's like a.m. Um, wake up calls. And I appreciate. <laughs> I, I appreciate the listeners that are awake at the same time every time GNR is played on the radio. I'm like, look, GNR is played on the radio. Someone, <laughs> someone keep me awake. Uh, so it, it's so Sal. You're you're. Where are you right, located right now? Where are you joining us?
2: Um, right now, I'm actually in Mississippi. A uh, small oh. town in Mississippi visiting my girl's family for the holidays and uh yeah, we're doing it safely. We're supposed to have a kind of a two week trip, but that's turned into nearly a month for various reasons. We'll I won't okay. get into here. everything's cool, but uh it gives us some more time to to explore and Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and,
0: and, and what's that behind you? Is that is that real or is that gonna sing? Uh, that like, is yeah, real. The that is my
2: that is okay. my girlfriend's dad's first kill. I think his name is Fred. They named Fred. the deer. So Fred. Fred the deer. So, okay. uh, ironically, I'm a vegetarian. So, <laughs> go figure. I get stuck that's, with the deer. yeah
0: Fair, fair <laughs> enough. And awkwardly, I posted a picture of it. I have the GNR Lego guy set up behind me now. Yeah,
2: that's oh, cool. Oh, yeah,
0: right. I'm trying to. I
2: wore my I, my GNR 2002 long sleeve shirt for this. That I ironically was carrying with me on this trip. So it awesome. worked out good. Yeah. Just it was meant to be. I'm on this podcast.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I still technically have that shirt, but mm-hmm. it's cut up and it's on the back of a denim jacket because you know I'm cool. That's that's right. cool. <laughs> yeah. But Jason is somewhat fur- he's a lot further away than we are. A place I want to visit. And honestly, Jason, I know we're not there yet, but I was just talking to my well, I haven't talked about this in the podcast, but my my now fiance, uh after we after this whole thing is over with uh, COVID, we want to go to Vancouver. Oh, by the way, as, as I'm playing show and tell right now, she gave me this for for Christmas: a pillow pillow case and "GNR loves DMB." That's her favorite <laughs> nice. band, Dave Matthews Band. I think she's it's an mocking, interesting. You know? Yeah, interesting
2: meetup there. <laughs>
0: we bond over the Beatles. So we make yeah. it work. I think that's what
2: it is. Hey, Bond yeah. over any music is a good relationship, in my opinion. Very
0: true. So we're not in Vancouver yet, but we're north of the border now. So Jason, where are you at?
1: Uh, I'm based in Calgary right now. Awesome. The home of the Calgary Stampede, if you see the uh, horses behind me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's and, a beautiful yeah. painting around you. Yeah, it's nice. So yeah, I'm in Calgary. Um, at the time of the show, I was going to school at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Just uh, 200 miles up the road, um, north of Calgary here. And yeah, it's about, from either city, it's about an hour flight. And that's what I did to get to the show. But,
0: okay. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I have no idea. I, I, as I, I've said on the show, I've been to Ottawa a bunch of times when I, you know, back in the day when I did, yeah. a, dated a Canadian uh, girl. And been to Montreal. I've been to Quebec. But I've never been to, Is this is my Americanness? Is Is Calgary considered Western Canada?
1: It is, yeah. So Calgary uh, is essentially like the Denver of Canada. Oh, so all right. It's in the sort of the sunbelt of the Rocky Mountains, just on the eastern, eastern side.
0: So it was obviously it was obvious for you to go to a Guns N' Roses show. I mean, how old of a guy are you? Because for me, and I've said this before, 2002, which is the year we're talking about, a few months later, I would finally see Axel Rose, Guns N' Roses for the first time. So you know, I how... was,
1: I was 18 years old in university okay. and I'd grown up guns N' roses had come through Edmonton in March of 93. And I begged my mom to go to that show, but I was only nine years old. And, uh, you know, like any kid, you think it's just a fad. Um, I appreciate but, you know,
0: the effort at nine, yeah,
1: you know, years and years. Later. So I still have those newspaper clippings and whatnot. So this was oh, that's cool. This was essentially the first show that I, could go to as an adult because i know sal had been to the oh one vegas show but i was not 21 so um essentially it it was the first show i could go to that i that i traveled to
0: okay wow so sal you you kind of gave me a good segue jason uh so you were at the the famous 2000 you were at the vegas show yeah
2: I i was at all the original three vegas shows the uh oh one oh one oh one show you know and then the year after it was back in vegas for the december 29th and december 31st new year's eve shows in vegas
0: so you're, so, you're obviously willing to travel i mean you're in your yeah you're ironically the yeah, yeah.
2: The, ironically the first gnr i finally got to see it kind of like jason's story my parents will let me go see gnr in 91 in the illusion tour and i was 14 um okay. so i finally got to see him in 93 but i had a Hitch a ride with my mom's family friend who was going with a bunch of his college buddies. She finally gave in, and I had to uh-huh. go to New Haven, Connecticut, nineteen ninety three, March sixth, nineteen ninety three, to see that show, Skin and Bones tour. Nice. <laughs> um, so I guess I have a history is that started a long run of me traveling to go see Guns and Roses for better or worse.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Because yeah. you weren't like me because I was I was in college. I was like you, Jason. I, obviously, a little you know slightly older. So. You know, I wasn't. I was. I didn't have a job then. I was a college kid. I wasn't going to travel. I spent so much money just on that 2002 MSG show, you know. Uh, not including when I actually went and bought things, you know. Actually, which is the I'm using as the stage of my my aforementioned pre mentioned uh GNR Lego guys. It's the the bandana. Did you buy that then? It's the bandana I bought at that same show. You bought this shirt. It's yeah. so using it as I do stage. have that. I'm somewhere. Such a nerd,
1: <laughs> you have that somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
2: I'm as <laughs> big as nerd as you, if not more, because I bought a ton of merchandise on that 2002 tour because I saw them uh, three times. It would have been four if I was in Vancouver if I made Vancouver. Um, well, if they made Vancouver. <laughs> um, so, but I have the have the hockey jersey, the soccer jersey, a bunch of okay. tour shirts. So. I bought a lot of, I gave them a lot of money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the, the date, I, I want to get this right. I just had it up and of course I guess exit out. It was like November 7th, I wanna, right? It was November yep. 7th. Yeah. Robin's the,
2: birthday. T- Robin Fink's 31st birthday. Nice birthday oh, wow. present, huh? Okay.
0: <laughs> I did not know that. So it was exactly. So it was the first. So they've already debuted, I guess, the band when you were able to see, which is just, I, I yeah. have to do. Now we've done some riot episodes and we're going to focus in on some sh- other, you know, specialty shows later on in mm-hmm. future episodes. But this was supposed to be the kickoff of the long awaited Chinese democracy tour, right? Vancouver was yeah. the first stop.
2: Yeah. The only difference was Richard was replacing Paul. So it was the de- right. debut of Fortis. So, uh, okay. the Only s- slight little band tweak there.
0: So I want to know a little bit, Jason, because I know you said you're from Edmonton. You're in Calgary now. Can you tell us a little bit about Vancouver? Because I, I know I remember hearing about was it the Vancouver riots with the Canucks? Like, is it like what's the the town, the city of Vancouver? Yeah, like?
1: Vancouver, Vancouver has a bit of a history with getting a little bit out of control. Like, yeah. Vancouver is a very affluent city. Um, there's a lot of foreign money there. Downtown is essentially just glass skyscrapers. There's no real industry to speak of it's not like you know a big banking city like Toronto or an oil and gas city like Calgary in Canada really is just you know it's a sort of a vacation destination it's there's a lot of asian tourism there and asian money there um so it's it's quite quaint but you have all these suburbs like any other place where you know the real people live and when those people come to town i think there's you know whether it's for a hockey loss or for a concert that doesn't go forward there's some pent up anger and, you know, a bunch of testosterone and youth gathered in one place and things happen. Wow.
0: Well said. So yeah, this is the first, you know, everyone's waiting. You know, I, I, again, uh, Jason, you have yet to see them as an adult, you know, Sal, I mean, you obviously have shown your dedication of traveling all over, Mm -hmm. you know, and then me again, I want to see them the first time. So it is the first, you know, it's the debut. It's this new Guns N' Roses band. It's a chance for Axel to, to show the world. And then he doesn't, you know, he, doesn't he doesn't show up. Say, so yeah, I have my no buttons. I still have my buttons. So if you can, I guess, when did you both get there? The show I'm assuming was supposed to start like a normal concert start time. Was it the same opening acts as I? We would experience. Yeah,
2: who's Mixmaster Mike okay. and CKY? Um, I left on the 6th because I was coming from New York City and it was a six hour flight. So um, I left on the 6th and I was staying from November 6th to November 9th. Uh, I had just graduated college. So I come from a working class, middle class family. So I got some money for my graduation and mm. it was either maybe going to Europe, um, maybe to Leeds Festival. They were playing Leeds in the summer of 2002 or just, you know, save a little bit more money up and maybe go to the uh, opening of the uh, North America tour. So I decided to do that. Um, bought my tickets, had to buy two tickets from a broker because I'm like, if I'm going all the way to Vancouver, I want to sit really close. And those seats were sold out when they first went on sale. So I went through a broker, had to pay, I think it was 175 200 for each ticket. I had to buy two tickets because the broker would not split them up, mm-hmm. even though I begged with him had nobody to go with, but I bought the two tickets anyway. So, and I booked my flight, which was not cheap. And I booked my hotel, which was not cheap, but that's what I wanted for my graduation present to myself. So I did it and, right. um, got to the airport, got to JFK. And I had really good luck. And I met Kurt Loder there who was huh. going to the show too, to cover the show. And, uh, we got to talk in and I introduced myself and we, you know, had about a half hour till boarding. And he was a great guy, and told him I told him all about my guns stories about going to Vegas. Um, He talked to me about Rio, even though I don't think he attended Rio, but he wrote that awesome review that Axel really
0: loved. Thanks for that (laughs) Rio review. Yeah,
2: and me and Kurt had um, I I worked in the video store at the time in Brooklyn Heights, so we had some interesting customers down there, and I became friendly with uh, one of the MTV MTV producers. So we had uh, kind of an acquaintance in that end. He was excited. I knew. The, the MTV producer and he told me, give me his email. He told me to shoot him an email when I got when I, we landed, and uh, he wanted to hear my side of the review after the show was over, and uh, he might include it in his review. And um, yeah, so it was already off to a great start. I was like, wow, I got to hang with Kurt Loader, and you know, it was it was great. You know? <laughs> so yeah. uh, got in the air and landed in Vancouver, November sixth in the afternoon. Um, Checking into my hotel, went over to the Coliseum to the GM place. Uh, the crew was already there. They were already already setting up. Talked to a couple of those guys, told them I was from New York. They were psyched, like, wow, you came all the way here. I'm like, yeah. So things were looking great. And I uh, said the band was going to sound check probably late that night, November 6th or early morning on November 7th. So I was uh, thinking about heading back later that night, try to see some of the band members. But I was so exhausted, I decided to stay in my hotel. And, um, yeah, so that was the beginning <laughs> I got to Vancouver, checked into my hotel, super psyched. About to yeah, show. the I crew mean, there, all, you
0: know? So the ducks are all on a row. So, yeah, yeah. Jason, when you were then, you decided, I mean,
1: Sal went alone. Did you go alone? Did you go with friends? I guess what was the. I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember buying four tickets. Okay. All my friends knew my lifelong obsession with Guns N' Roses. So I, I figured, you know, I can find three people to go with. And I did. Um, I had one guy come with me from Edmonton and then we met two other friends in Vancouver. So there was four of us going around. So I ended up staying in Chilliwack at my friend uh, Megan's house, Chilliwack's 45 minutes, an hour outside of Vancouver to the okay. East it's inland. And yeah, we got there, spent the night. And I think we probably headed into Vancouver noonish on the day of the show and, you know, walked around, did tours- touristy things and, Ate at restaurants and probably did some shopping and and whatnot and tried to they probably tried to distract me from my excitement because I was incredibly excited. So, (laughs) (laughs) I know that was the those are the years where we were were all made fun of
0: for being Guns N' Roses fans. Like it just wasn't, you know. We knew we felt it was cool, but it was Mm -hmm. it was an easy shot. The Chinese democracy jokes. If you really, you know, at first glance, if you don't get Buckethead you know like I, I guess it's an easy target but yeah. We're yeah. Also if, at a you're also disadvantage.
1: sorry Sal i was just going to mention yep. if if you guys remember this is actually about two months after the mtv exactly. music awards too mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um it was kind of they did sort of have a public persona at that point even though social media was light and mm-hmm. or non-existent and you know the internet was kind of new as well um at least if you had turned on the music awards, you kind of saw the monstrosity that was Guns N' Roses. And I think it was August 30th, the TV Music Awards. So just a couple months before.
2: Yeah. And it was very, very mixed reaction when they played the VMAs because Axel was out of breath and it was this whole new band and some people loved it. Some people hated it. Um, So it was very mixed and going into that tour. That was like a, that was a big thing for them to try to get some traction, any traction they could get to, Sell more tickets they were playing arenas, which was really you know for new guns and roses that was I was kind of a ballsy move. I mean the three Vegas shows were in small small little clubs you know two thousand seats fifteen hundred so now they're playing major arenas across the across the states so uh, they were looking for some you know from some positive traction in uh, Vancouver they were i think slowly going to try to build that on the tour, starting in Vancouver and then working their way down to the major markets. Um, but uh, they didn't, didn't do themselves any favors with that <laughs> with that Vancouver show. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and I, I don't know if we ever. I mean, we we know the end result if we know the official story of a flight was delayed or, or or what happened. But I guess I want to know when. So the, you were able to enter the arena again. You were able to experience mix master Mike. You were able to experience CKY. So no,
1: Lee no, Warren. So yeah. I guess.
0: So yeah. what I guess what happened? What was the difference between I guess this riot than others where he just like it's just like you're waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. So you never were able to even enter the arena. No,
2: so like so like Jason, um, I got to the uh, venue really early. Got there around like I think one o'clock in the afternoon, and um, I was all set. You know, I was like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna just hang out all day. And I met this other dude who was dressed up as '90s Axel. <laughs> he was, I think, um, I think he was a resident of Vancouver. He was really cool. And we just hung out for, you know, for hours just talking. I was telling him all about the new band. He had not seen the new band yet. He was much younger than me. Um, and slowly, but surely the hours were going by and, uh, the crowd started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Doors was supposed to be, I think seven or seven thirty. Um, by that time there was a few hundred people gathered outside the
0: GM place. So and, when um, they're gathered, are they, are they lined up or is it just like a massive
2: they had us all lined Circle. up. It was no real, um, you know.
0: How, how organized, I guess, was it? Or was It, just it was pretty
2: was or like- I mean, th- the crowd was really cool. Everyone was, it was rowdy, but cool. Everyone was really getting pumped. So when they told us to line up, and there was no general mission. So no one was like that concerned kind about, of- you know, fighting their way to the front. Okay. What was interesting, though, about GM Place, and this will kind of tie into the riot and how much destruction there was, I didn't realize how much glass the GM Place had around its core it's outside core Mm. so where i was lined up at least and where they had everybody starting to line up i was near the front of the main entrance doors um and the crowd was getting larger and larger and it was all the way up the stairs because it had stair stairways up the up the stairs to the arena it was circled a couple times like two flights up two stories up so there was a whole crowd of people on the floor right in front of the main entrance going up the staircases to the gm place and we could see inside so we could see a merch table that was set up, you know, set up throughout the day. So we, got, we were able to peek in and see some tour t-shirts and we were all getting excited about that. Mm. And then, um, there was a security staff out there, you know, the event security, but, um, as it got closer to doors, what should have been doors. And as the crowd got more and more, you know, pumped up, we started seeing more security staff lining up then more. And then we saw a couple of people like suits coming by talking in their ear and then about another hour passed by and the door should have been opened by now. So now people are getting a little weirded out. And all of a sudden we see the merch table being disassembled. Oh,
0: wow. oh, <laughs> and wow.
2: then that was a red flag. We were, just, I was like, there's something, there's something wrong here, you know? And um, we, then we saw another guy with a suit come with a bullhorn. He said some words, to the, the whole security staff that I'd gathered, which was about 20 of them. Um, right in front of the main entrance doors. He opened up the door. like out of a movie like halfway stuck his head out. And with the bullhorn said for unforeseen reasons, we are canceling the show tonight and tickets will be refunded at the point of purchase. Thank you. And then slid right back inside the door, locked it. And then that's when chaos ensued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if Jason has uh, got to hear his side. I'd love to hear it. We talked about Please. it before, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I think your timeline's pretty good, Sal. I seem to remember, you know, doors at seven, you know, CKY at 7.30, Mixmaster Mike at 8.30, GNR at 9.30, kind of as the schedule, as I'd spoke to some people throughout the day. And it was that period from probably seven to eight where the doors didn't open. And then probably shortly after eight is I think when they decided to cancel the show um, between eight and 8.30 anyway. And then it was just a lot of people kind of looking around saying like, well, this isn't cool. And all it really takes is one person to, you know, pick up a, uh a guardrail and grab a buddy mm-hmm. and put it through the window, put it through the glass. And then that kind of between two or three people doing that, then it was hundreds of people doing that to basically every piece of glass at that main one main entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember quite succinctly that even though there was broken glass everywhere and that we could have, you know, went in, nobody really went inside. It was just more about because there was nothing really to do inside. It wasn't like you were going to, you know, go in and hang out with Axel. Um, axe. Axel put him on stage and say, <laughs> Stay,
0: stay. <laughs> hit him in the face
1: with a newspaper, hit him in the nose of the newspaper, stay. Yeah, so it was quite it was quite weird to see these these guys break all these windows and then kind of stand around and and then say, Okay, well that was that was great. Now what do we do? Um, so they, GM place has entrances all the way around and kind of on different levels too. It's kind of a strange arena. Is that where the Canucks play or like where it is where, where the Canucks play? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And it's essentially, I just remember everybody kind of moving from all the different entrances and exits to kind of one area at one point. Um, and if you look at the ride footage from that time, you'll see there's probably a couple thousand people there that the the police and security had to deal with. Um, But I I always kind of think of this riot as like the mini Guns N' Roses riot because it's a lot harder to do property damage when you're outside. I mean, it's it's probably good Mm -hmm. that nobody ever really got inside. So this is – I always think of this as sort of the the lesser of the riots. Um, Okay.
0: Well, uh, I don't know. The Philadelphia people may may have a a problem with that because I know they were (laughs) like – I don't know. They said it didn't last very long. It was <laughs> and Philadelphia has certain expectations. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, all riots are bad, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. again, when we're comparing not just riots, but guns N' roses, riots, I mean, something that can uh, be said it was, just in that.
2: It, it was scary for me. I mean, coming from New York city and I'm not bragging, but I got into a lot of trouble when I was a kid and I was involved in some street fights and even a gang fight at one point, that was pretty scary. Um, And I thought I was prepared for anything, you know, I was 25 though at the time too, still had a lot to learn. But uh, once that riot started, I was more of a, it was kind of a, you know, a combination punch. It was uh, the shock of the show being canceled and me flying all the way from New York. And I'm standing there like, what just happened? And then hearing all that glass breaking from the second floor, working its way down. And then like Jason said, the barricade being lifted by two, two guys and thrown right through the main entrance. Mm. That's what kind of set everything off. And then, you know, it took me, it took me probably seemed like forever, but like a good minute to get my legs moving and being like, all right, let me start walking away from,
0: you had to process this, everything that was just yeah, happening. This violence, all the investment you know? emotionally and financially yeah. you had to put into this. And-, and
2: I was, I was pissed off too. I wasn't going to destroy anything, but I wanted some answers. And I walked sure. around the arena. I got away from the chaos, walked around the arena to the loading dock where I was hanging out the night before to, to the crew members. And I went up to one of the crew guys who remembered me and he, he looked like he was going to cry and mm. they were already loading some equipment back into the trucks. They were moving fast. Um, and I went right up to him. I was like, yo, what, what happened? And he looked at me dead in the eyes and he said, Axel is on his way, man. He's in the air. They just pulled the plug. And he actually told me that. And I was mm. like, I was, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, I can't, I, I can't believe this is happening, you know? And he, he just told me, he's like, yo, get out of here, man. Be safe. You know, get out of here. And then they, another crew guy pulled him off. and he needed some help? Loading more equipment up. I walked back around to the arena like an idiot, <laughs> thinking mm. maybe they're going to change their mind because they see that <laughs> all these people are so pissed and By that time, I got back around, which is probably like another five minutes or so. Um, the police had already shot showed up the riot gear was on um, they were swinging away with their batons. I saw one guy get cracked inside the, the face. Um, they had the dogs out, and I don't know if this was ever reported and they we talk about 94 of Vancouver, there was riots game seven, mm. and the Rangers. Can, and uh, a poor, poor man got hit with a, 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 a plastic bullet from the riot police and went into a coma. So
0: there was, was- and I, I posted it the other day, and it was funny. One of the listeners just said the, the news reporters are their neighbor, but it was a news report maybe the day after. And it was mm. the, the news reporter, maybe I can even play it now, call them a uh, the, uh, heavy metal band, which I right. thought, <laughs> thought it, it, it was uh, kind of funny, yeah. but said there might've been a, a, a police investigation. there was a, a, a police investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause there was a
2: lot of violence done by the police to those, to those rioters. Um, we could debate if it was justified or not, but uh, I know for sure I had a rubber, rubber bullet whiz by my ear about two inches away from my left ear. Um, and that's when I knew it was time to go. I was like, I'm not, this is going to get out of control. Like it's already out of control. It's going to get even more crazy. These cops are, you know, swinging away, firing away. They got the attack dogs out, you know? So I I split and I walked back to my hotel in shock. (laughs) But I got out of there.
0: (laughs) Let's see if we, let me see if you guys can hear this. I haven't, uh, Again, as I'm doing, feel, feel my quarantine in Queens. It's not my, my official setup.
1: Vancouver is recovering tonight from the worst violence on its city streets since the Stanley
0: Cup riots of 1994. Thousands of angry rock fans rioted last night after a concert by the heavy metal band Guns N' Roses was canceled. Police made a dozen arrests and melee more charges. But with those arrests come complaints about how police responded to the riot. So... I guess you, you saw that you saw the, the melee, like what was going on.
1: (sighs) Yeah. I I seem to remember like, you know, I was like Sal, I was just a, you know, a bystander, whether that's an innocent bystander or not, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, watching these guys break all these windows, the the thing I remember the most is that, you know, they, they weren't really prepared to, to cancel the show at the time they did it. I don't think so. The police took quite a while to get there. And sort of every security kind of let everything happen for a little while and mm. stood inside and just tried to, you know, hold the building closed as as best they could. And then I just remember probably 20 or 30 riot police coming out of these broken glass windows and, and swinging. And as soon as they let a dog go and the dog got a guy close, close to me and my friends, that's when we, that's when really we escalated and, and, and jumped out and, and it got a fair distance away from this because the police were were really smacking anybody who was anywhere close to those doors, so it oh, was wow. uh seeing a guy get taken down by a dog is <laughs> is pretty mm-hmm. scary for sure mm-hmm. I got to
0: imagine you still remember that <laughs> oh absolutely yeah oh wow, I mean all the yeah. I mean Axel was in the air. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, uh, I'll, I'll oh. never forget the guy who got taken down with the dog because the police called the dog off him quite quickly. Um, and he came up to us and showed, you know, the incisor marks and through bit through his leather jacket and into his arms, his arm was bleeding all over. So, you know, he had taken his shirt off and kind of bandaged his arm up and was walking around with his bloody arm and, you know, no shirt on with this leather jacket still on. It was, it was quite the, that's something you can't just can't forget. So, wow. Just wow. So as you just said that you, you bounced right
0: after that. Did you just.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, we got far enough away where we thought we were safe. Um, But you know, everybody was being pushed out chaotically and fairly quickly that you never knew if the people running towards you were police or rioters Mm. or, or what was happening. So uh, it was a quick, a quick look back. And then it was, yeah, we got to get out of here. There's, there's nothing really to see here anymore. We've seen it and Mm -hmm. it's not good.
0: Is that, and Sal, you kind of said the same thing before, after you spoke with... Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, when I got when I out, same thing with Jason. I saw the attack dogs, and I saw that they also were spraying some tear gas, too. I remember that. That was kind of wild. I remember putting my shirt up to my nose, because maybe about 30 feet away, there was some tear gas happening. And you could hear the, all the riders screaming, tear gas, tear gas, you know. And once I had that rubber bullet fly past my ear, and that was... And I was like, I, I got to get as far away from this as possible because was going to get worse.
0: Were you still by yourself or were you able to kind of uh, finagle that ticket to somebody else?
2: No, my plan was I didn't want to take any chances of being in a, <laughs> another country of getting arrested. I don't know what the deal was, but selling tickets. Fair. My plan was, as crazy as sound, was to um, either hand it off to somebody that was sitting like in the upper deck somewhere mm. like just during intermission you know in between bands going up there and just finding a diargy and rf and be like yo, mm-hmm. you want to i was sitting in the fourth row i was out of fourth row dead center seat and just being like here here you go like what else am i going to do with the ticket you know and i believe in karma so i was like hey you know <laughs>
0: But, and uh, what do you get in return you get a riot.
2: Right. Yeah,
0: I believe in I that.
2: Couldn't, <laughs> and I couldn't even sell those I couldn't even sell those tickets back to the broker. I, I well, He gave me some sort of deal later on 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 some Rangers tickets. Okay. But <laughs> but it wasn't nearly as much money as I paid, you know, for the GNR ticket. So
0: Did you have another um, day in Vancouver left or how much longer I did had, you have?
2: three to, I was leaving the ninth so what's funny about that is when I got back to my hotel this is before I didn't have a cell phone at the time and really before cell phones were yeah that was a weird bad. time yeah so I had access to the um, hotel lobby that had a business center and I jumped online really quick and I posted at one of the um, forums that I would post at uh, the GNR bar which which was a great little tight-knit family kind of still is and where I actually finally met Jason years later and um he was kind of new to that board but uh he was active in the short time he started posting so um we didn't have any plans to meet up at the show i think it was like last minute that he said he was going to be at that show so right away i posted and then i think it wasn't too long jason posted too maybe it was that next day but uh i would that's when kind of the news broke i got it was like me and him the first ones to post on the on the forum and be like Yo. <laughs> tours, you know tours off to a great start you know so, so uh
0: you guys met on a forum beforehand or, or this is after i'm sorry if i'm missing up the timeline
2: so yeah you guys yeah.
0: Kind of, did you meet up at the show then at all or it was just it was chaos and you didn't have any time
2: yeah time it wasn't there. like that like we just uh, at that time it was still kind of weird to like you know meet up with somebody, you know? Yeah, and,
0: uh, that's true. Especially
2: GNR r fans, you know, you get some interesting characters.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh,
2: you know, so, I mean, later on we, we met up and uh, we had some really cool G&R adventures together. Uh, could, that's another story. It could be another podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, all I remember was Jason posting saying, yo, um, I got my backpack and uh, I'm headed to Tacoma you know, cause I haven't canceled that show yet. And I'm headed there. He was, and he told me, he's like, if you want to meet me at the bus station, I'm pretty sure that I was like, it was an offer there. And, uh, yeah. I, 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 as much as I wanted to, you know, I was like, I got to see this band. I traveled so far, you know, and Tacoma's only three hours away or whatever it was. But in order for me to do that, I would have had to get my ass down to, um, to the bus station, leave my luggage somewhere because the time I probably would have got back from Tacoma would have been too late to, Check out, and I don't want any issues with that. And there's also some money issues too. You know, I just spent all this money in Vancouver. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, but Jason was often, and, often and running. He was off to the next, next date.
0: <laughs> but it didn't deter you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sal, <laughs> you had some reasons why you couldn't go, but uh, Jason, it did. None of that deterred you from going again.
1: You know what? I, I was joking to my friends. I said, you know, I, I'm just going to go to the next show. And they, they said, okay, yeah, you should. And I, I actually wasn't super serious about it when I first brought it up, but you know, you get on the internet at the time and you see how far it is away and you say, Oh, there's a bus going there at this time. And, and it seemed doable. And I, I did it. And I ended up getting into the arena, you know, just as welcome. To the jungle was playing. So there was like barely any time to waste. I probably showed up at close to 11 PM in Tacoma the next day. Just as the opening notes were coming on, so I, I, wow. got, I got to I got to miss those legendary, uh, legendary sort of boring opening acts. I mean, I'm sure some people enjoyed them, but for the most part, they were kind of you know the big butt of the joke for the most part. And uh, no, it was it was great. I somebody sold me a floor seat. I think I had to buy a floor seat off somebody in Canadian dollars. I had to pay double in Canadian dollars because I only had Canadian dollars. Oh um, no.
0: You're like, here's like 15 tunies. What can I get with? And
1: that? that's all right. <laughs> I know what a toonie is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that Tacoma show was very poorly attended. Like, I don't know, there might have been five or seven thousand people there, and that that's a the Tacoma Dome's a big, big place. So, um I was able to get super close and you know live out my fantasies with my biology textbooks in my backpack and. I had a great time. So I, at least I got to see them on that tour, which is great, because um, you, there wasn't too many dates on that tour. You could have seen them. So
0: No, no. I, I saw the last one, December uh, 5th, you know, in, in Madison Square Garden. That's, you know, the, the Philly night was the next night, and then everything is uh, died after that, uh, South. Yeah. So what would be the next time? When would be the next time you would, you would see them? So I had to wait a few
2: weeks. Um, I got back to New York and again, I went traveling. I had to go all the way to Albany, New York from, uh, from New York city. So that was a nice two and a half hour, three, uh-huh. three hour train ride. But I was determined just like Jason. I'm like, even though I seen the new band three times at that point, at oh, the Vegas shows, I still believed in them. And I love, I still to this day, love that 2002 band. They were and I'll keep saying this: it's another story, it's another podcast. But uh,
0: I know that that's band, how I've been able to do uh, 242 <laughs> just talking about one band. Absolutely. You know, there's always like that, another story or opinion or something. Yep,
2: and that band on. was just to me was magical. It was it was really a circus. That band, I mean that in an endearing way, not like you know, it was literally literally a circus. Like people who wanted to go see that band were signing up to go see the circus in all its glory. You know, because you had the yeah. danger. You didn't know if anyone was going to fall off that tightrope. <laughs> you had all these different individual artists that were doing their own little magic show. You know, in my opinion, you couldn't take your eyes once you and in that stage was you couldn't take your eyes off what was happening there, you know? So uh, it was a magical band. And I got two of my buddies to, and they knew what happened in Vancouver. Obviously, they they were G&R fans, too. And they're were like, we're going to go up with you, you know, so oh,
0: that's cool. Good.
2: It was the day, day before Thanksgiving of 2002 but
0: uh yeah all the right. right. new York. <laughs> at least if this time there was another riot you had some buddies to back you up with so that's right <laughs> uh, but that's cool i mean it's uh oh it's i guess kind of a happiest story for you guys because you it's not like you uh because there are others i've spoken to that had a riot had a riot and then years they wouldn't see GNR until years and years later yeah. that you were able to still kind of You know, yeah, there was a there was a wasted night, wasted money, but you still kind of I I don't want to get gross with this, but whatever. You still like busted your GNR nut, I guess. (laughs) Sorry, I was inappropriate. I couldn't think of anything else. Um, But no, that's that's great. That's um, was there anyone that you because you saw obviously a lot of people get hurt and it's, it's that's what makes me upset. And we try to. Yeah, I talk about these riots and your perspective. We've had laughs, but I also want to, you know, pay uh, acknowledgement because yeah, there were people who got really hurt. We talked about the baton hitting the dogs. Yeah. Um, you know, th- I don't. I don't believe anyone died, right? No, no. Yeah, thankfully none of that happened. But yeah. it's, just, uh, it's just a, it's just a crazy another installment of this band, and you're right, the 2002 version. I'm, I'm very glad I got to see that version, as yeah. much as I wish. Uh, No, because I'm youngish, like, you Mm -hmm. you know, you guys. I I was not old enough to see the Appetite 5, but, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it earlier because 2002 version is when I – I never heard of Buckethead before, and I I, I love the guy. I'm glad I got to see him live. Uh, But I don't know if you both saw it. I shared it on on social media that KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, is doing this TikTok challenge of uh, hashtag uh, Buckethead buckethead challenge hashtag buckethead challenge so where you would just put the kfc bucket in your head as we all know and just dance like an idiot like they do on tiktok is there a copyright thing uh so i, I just wanted to share because it it's like I mean, yeah i mean obviously the core kfc audience may not know who, who buckethead is but he's a guy uh so i I, sh- I took a snapshot of that and i sent it to brain you know i have his uh his uh his cell phone number but i'm not gonna act like you know We text each other all the time, like, you know, what you see what happened, Grey's Anatomy tonight? No, it's just like every now and then. Uh, So I sent him a picture, and uh, he just wrote, ha, 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 that's ridiculous. You know, I can't – I think I I shared a screen capture of that. But, you know, his personality, Buckethead's personality, when I've had Tommy Stinson on, you know, what Robin Fink was able to contribute to Chinese democracy. Yeah, so – Still, someone who never got the chance to see Slash and Axel, I'm glad they're together mm-hmm. on stage. But that was a special, special band, and uh, absolutely, hopefully we we hear something of that era that to come out. Um,
2: that, that would be really nice, you know. And
0: uh, I got is my there,
2: fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> is there any other instance, <clears throat> any other story from that night that maybe we we didn't uh, cover? Anything that you remember specific that you know maybe uh, we you want to make sure that you. Get it off your chest as we relive these memories. I don't no, know. I, just- I,
1: rem- I remember, um, you know, as, as Sal and as I think in the media, for the most part, it came out. I, Kirk, Kurt Loder ended up doing, you know, the MTV sort of thing with uh, the band The Next Night in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And I remember the band saying, you know, Axel was in the air and whatnot. And, and years later, I would sit down with uh, one of the bar, uh, band members over some beers in Memphis. And I asked him, you know, was that true or is that all bullshit? Because I know after the, you know, Axel called into the Seattle radio station as well. And they did some press to try to get the tour back up and running. But then later on in the tour for the interviews, it said, like, do not talk about Vancouver, whatever you do. So obviously legal stuff got in the way. So I I did talk to that band member and I asked him, you know, was that true? What happened at in Vancouver? And and he he said everything was was true. That Axel was was on his way. They might have had to go on late, but he said, you know, they had had no intention of going on at nine thirty anyways and whatnot. Um, as as you'd see in concerts, mm-hmm. they after that, whether it's an oh six or two thousand ten. 9:30s, they're they're never coming on 9:30. So. No, no,
0: not, I mean maybe the 2020. Uh, I mean the 2019. The, you know, they the not in this lifetime. GNR comes. Yeah, out,
1: yeah, for sure. They'll, I would, they'll come out in daylight, but not that old yeah. band.
0: And I'll respect met- your, your, your your sorry, but I, I'll I'll respect your friendship, uh, Jason. If you don't want to reveal the identity of this band oh. member, you know, or how they you know shared a beer, but I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, you know at least ask you once. You know, who do you have?
1: You can say pass if you want. Yeah, he's he's not in the band anymore. uh, Well, I assume that. uh, Yeah, and he played a four stringed instrument, so fair enough. enough. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh,
2: The MSG show you were at though was hysterical to me because that's the earliest they went on on that tour Mm and probably their history. They they went on like I think ten to nine at MSG that night, and there was (laughs) there was people showing up mid show thinking he was going to go on at like ten thirty, which, you know, is was notorious for doing. And they walked weird. in like the middle of you could be mine. And they were like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> it was like not even 10 o'clock yet. And the show has been off.
0: I'm wondering it. Cause it was a blizzard <laughs> that day. If access yeah, is was, like, yeah, you know,
2: that was I, a that crazy, into it. crazy day, but it bookends with the, um, just to get on with Jason was saying um, it bookends the Vancouver ride and the, and the Philly ride, because kind of, I don't know, kind of came full circle, you know, it was, uh, it, it was just, it was like, it's a tour that, that was doomed. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just something <laughs> that we talk about, uh, you know, 20 years later on a podcast or whatever. Yeah. that's, just, that's just what we, I don't know. It's part of their, their, their fork, for, uh, the folklore of, of mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses. I That's mm-hmm. why we, we love them. You yeah. know, if they were the same, five appetite guys all these years would they be as interesting i don't know i don't know that's that's another podcast, that's yes, another it's podcast. Nice Yeah, it's another
2: story as
0: they say uh, i want to ask you guys as i ask um most of my guests who come on here um favorite song and favorite piece of memorabilia you know so uh sal you're nodding your head do you want to go first do you have a, i know it's hard maybe you want your favorite song today uh, yeah but yeah. you're and you're also you're Favorite piece of memorabilia?
2: Yeah, it always comes down to mood for me. Um, changes day by day, you know what mood I'm in. But probably overall, it would be estranged. Even though I love a ton of the Chinese democracy democracy songs, um, and my favorite piece of memorabilia, um, I have quite a few that I'm really happy about. But uh, it's probably the handwritten lyrics that Dell James gave me to uh, "Oh My God." So I got I got that. I got that in um, the last uh, Vegas show, December thirty first, two thousand one, going into two thousand two. Um, I kind of got friendly with Dell over the years, and um, Axel's teleprompter had went out December 29th in Vegas. That was a that's another story. <laughs> that's a that was that was a crazy show. So his no. teleprompter went out. He had to rewrite the lyrics for some of the new songs. So he hand wrote the lyrics to "Oh My God" out on the hard rock the joint um, notepad. And it was about seven sheets altogether, and I got the first sheet after that show. Dell was just walking around the venue, everyone celebrating New Year's Eve and getting out the GNR show, and he was purposely seeking out some diehard fans. And uh, That's great, he gave me the first sheet. And there's six of them, or yeah, seven of them, you know, flying around. I think I know a couple people who have a sheet, but uh, yeah, it's really cool to have Axel's handwritten lyrics to all my Wow. Guys.
0: That yeah. might be the most unique piece of memorabilia that I've ever. Yeah, with you. I I, I mean, wow! I should have had Jason go first. Yeah. It. I, like, I have a, a mug. Yeah, <laughs> I got to apologize
2: to Dell a little little later on, but I made a mistake. You know, I'm, you know, like sometimes I don't think the way I do stuff, and I posted it online at one of the forums, and uh, somebody found it in some country. Like someone was selling it to be like legit, like on a, you know, they reprinted oh. it and they, mm. you know, it's kind of easy to pass off to somebody if you, but you can tell if it's really. The actual handwritten lyrics. Yeah. it was like a photocopy, but I kind of felt careful. bad about that. I don't want anybody getting rich off of that, you know. So maybe I shouldn't have posted it. But uh,
0: you don't know. I mean, done, you you, yeah. I mean, you had good intentions. Yeah, you had good intentions. It's just other assholes. Yeah. I'll send really it. I'll
2: send it to you after this. I'll send it to you.
0: <laughs> okay, so. and I won't <laughs> <Yeah>. share it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or I'll, I'll just redact like ninety nine percent of it or something. Like right. That. <laughs> Here's Axel how he writes the letter A. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like
1: leave, leave that. Yeah, I, uh, I I ended up going to the tour opener in sixteen for yeah in Vegas and I remember finding one of those sheets, whether it was real or not, um, in one of those memorabilia stores. And they had it all, you know, done up in the cheesy frame and whatnot. And it was two thousand bucks or something. But I remember taking a picture of that and I think sending it to Sal asking oh. if it was his or if it was one of the other ones. Um but it was it was kind of cool to see that all those years later.
0: Mm. All right, so now the pressure's on, Jason. Do you have a p- favorite piece of memorabilia? Do you have a
1: lock of Axel's hair? What, what do you have? uh, <laughs> uh like like Sal, I, I have a bunch <laughs> of cool stuff. Um the the thing that comes most to mind is is probably just, you know, this this one night of memory where I, I had the chance to hang out with um the band in 2010 backstage and Axel, Doc McGee, myself and my sister sat in this circle for about two hours and just and, wow. just and I did not uh, know that going into this. Okay. And at about two 30 or 3 AM, I remember Dell like poking me on the shoulder and saying like, Hey, we're going to, we got to get the band up to Edmonton. So you guys got to go. And Axel had all these roses around his dressing room and ended up giving my sister like a couple of bouquets of roses. And she came home and pressed all those. So there's this cool picture of Axel, myself, Tommy Simpson's in the background, high-fiving Bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then i have all these you know kind of pressed roses from that night that my sister pressed so it, it's just a combination of that photo and, and that night um because axel was just he was the coolest to my sister and i and treated us like people we treated him Ooh. like people and Ooh. hearing him and doc share stories from the road was 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 just you know what every gnr dream or fan wishes for so
0: you know what, Jason? I got to say, you, you max Sal. I mean, those are both <laughs> incredible stories.
1: Yeah. But no, Sal and wow. I both have, Sal and I both have a lot of, a lot of cool stories. So,
0: yeah. well, we'll have, we'll do this again. You have yeah, another are great. story. It's another story. <laughs> no, you both are great. I mean, Sal, you, you, I will say I mean, the majority of my family, my friends are Ranger fans. So, I mean, yeah. I still Sorry. hate your team, but I like you. <laughs> And Jason, you know, i the only thing I'm disappointed with is that your, your, your accent, you don't have much, have much of one, you know, you don't have a thick, any, you know, no, you sound it, like a normal dude. <laughs> you sound like a normal guy.
1: Yeah. Everybody, everybody West of Ontario, essentially sounds like Americans for the most part. So. Fair enough. Okay.
0: Hey, like I said, at the beginning of, of this, uh, when, covid's over or you know or it's better you know better to travel at least i i need to visit western canada i've heard nothing but you know edmonton specifically you know how beautiful Mm. it is Mm. so uh i can't wait there's a part of me i tell this to todd kerns all the time I'm like it's a part of me that wishes i was canadian so uh thanks for thanks for doing this both of you you know Uh, it's been a a
2: blast yeah yeah it's super
0: fun this is fun yeah Yeah. we'll, well we'll do this again somehow we'll figure out you know what we, like we said we just like what we just like, eight other podcast topics we just discussed at <laughs> least
2: at least Brando.
0: <laughs> um do either of you i know you're both kind of private citizens but is there anything you want to promote like an instagram an etsy shop you know anything you want to you know a, a gene or fan site you want to follow or just that's it nothing i think No. no? all right none of you are in a band now
2: No, we're both we're actually both actors, um, but I have nothing to promote right now with everything shut down. And uh, Jason was in a really cool Hallmark movie not too long ago. He was in.
1: (laughs) I I can see
0: that he has a very Hallmark look. I like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, If you'd like to see a waiter in a Hallmark movie um find me in that so
0: (laughs) it's still on imdb i'm sure
1: (laughs) thank you both so um, much
0: yeah Yeah. brenda i actually on a
2: serious note though i just wanted uh thank you for all the mental awareness you do for the show um i've been unfortunately had some tragedies in my life and directly affected by uh um by uh some really tough mental issues and um and I deal with that myself and what you do on the show is really, is really stand up and really cool. And I want to thank you for that. And I think one of the reasons, uh, you know, I was really happy to do the show, you know, besides all the guns and Roses stuff and fun stuff.
0: But Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I did get an, another, I mean, just thank you for that. And I know you've told me that, um, I, I've, it's, it's what's funny is Sal is somebody I've spoken to a bunch on Twitter. He responds to so many of my, my stuff, which is great. But my first time talking to him and it's, Uh, But I get messages. I get another messages like that by uh, mental health. And sometimes I never know. It's -hmm. like Guns N' Roses fans were crazy. It's like, (laughs) do I I need to talk about Guns N' Roses for every second of the hour? You know, Mm -hmm. but the fact that I can make these loops and I can talk to, you know, Dell James talks about it. We were talking Mm -hmm. about him. You know, one of the reasons why I admire him, what Duff McKagan has done. He went on um, uh, Tony Tony Cornell's uh, podcast, Instagram podcast i've i'm trying i'll keep trying to get tony and vicky cornell on the podcast uh i mm-hmm. sal i mean i've obviously tried to get dell he is the most responsive on twitter which is great i told them I'm like if you ever just want to talk horror that's it i'll ask yeah. you no GNR questions from what i it. know he
2: quote whenever i remember his quote was i don't really like podcasts that much so. <laughs> <laughs> he likes talking yeah like, he does so you know he, he might be like me you know like i'm one foot in one foot out with the technology you know it took me forever to get this hooked up so he might think it's a whole different thing you know like oh. which kind of is but <laughs> just,
0: just click a link and let me take care of the rest still that's it yeah uh and and, and jason i'm glad that uh sal recommended you and that you reached out via facebook because this was really yeah. great you were very well spoken you know i learned a lot about vancouver and you know i was like I was expe- didn't know what to expect from the question, so tell me a little bit about Vancouver. And It's like you just did a book report on them, and you just know everything, you know, what their their imports and exports are. It was great. So uh, just thank you for that. Uh, I'll have you, you – you both are, are fantastic. I'm sure I'll have you both on again. Um, yeah, right on. And I guess that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, next guest, I guess I could tell you because it's something I'm gonna really going to have to act like it's live uh, considering the time that I'm recording this. Because uh, today – Again, I do this in all real time because the dog is barking. So, again, this is all uh, real. Uh, this is uh, Saturday, January 16th. So, sa- uh, Friday, January 22nd, 1 a.m., uh, I will be speaking to uh, Fat Mike of NoFX. So, Saturday. I have to – yes, yeah, it's, it's a 1 a.m. interview. But yeah. next week is the last week I'm filling in for Q104 where I have a 3 a.m. wake-up call. So I I'm probably going to do an all nighter, but whatever. Axel yeah. does it, I can do yep. it. Whatever. Best
2: way to do it, yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and as far as future guests, you know, do this, do what Sal and Jason do. Follow on social media. That's how the conversation continues between uh, episodes. And uh, until the next episode, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, what he said once. Will, will you see the episode soon? Well, well, soon isn't the word. I shall see it. Yeah!